1: Of this show, it exists. We got this far, amazing. And a guy I've talked to many times, he's back again. Here he is. It is Seth Everett. Hello, hello. Oh, after the big high the pod- energy intro, hello, oh,
0: hello. The podcast <laughs> is on fire. You have had a lot of people on the show. I mean,
1: yeah, and some talk and some don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And some have lots to say and some want to ride a fence it's fine uh no i i i love the the show's been sounding great i've been listening i download this show um, i mean i'm not gonna lie i'll listen to peach and black first i mean come on but if you're if you're reviewing this show if you're reviewing carmen electra i mean at least i could do is check out captain says
1: of course
0: (laughs) anything going on in australia (laughs)
1: Well, apart from the fact that, well, it's called the New Power Generation. Some of them were yeah. actually in that band. They're yeah. coming here other, you know, associated people. But it should be a good show. I've seen the reviews of the uh, the European shows they did were pretty good. So.
0: Beautiful, loved, be and good. blessed. Beautiful, loved, and blessed. It could be
1: great. Yeah, T- Tamar. Tamar, she's coming, yeah.
0: You know, I always thought it was very weird. Tamar was on one of those singing shows. Not American Idol, but one of those other shows and america's got something they didn't acknowledge her connection to prince i always thought that was really strange like how are you first of all in an amateur singing show you sang on stage with an icon
1: it might have uh like biased people who were judging her i don't know
0: maybe but you know all of a sudden to deny you know her involvement you know in the whole thing i mean i stood online for a concert that was tamar featuring prince not the other way around oh yeah yeah, 2006, man, the Nokia Club
1: yep. in New York City. Yeah, they did a whole bunch of shows, and Prince was just like the guitarist standing in the back.
0: Yep, they did a lot yeah. of songs from an album that never got released, Milk and Honey.
1: Did it not be released at all? I don't. Or was there? Was it in Japan? I thought it got released somewhere, like very limited. I can't remember now. Anyway,
0: I didn't think we were but... gonna lead this show with Tamar Davis.
1: <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Who knows what this show's gonna do? <laughs> you guys are gonna Who do?
0: A peach and black review on that.
1: <laughs> we will review that MPG show, I'm pretty sure. And good. I'm hoping that we'll get talk, to talk, talk to them, them. Yeah. Or some of them at least. That could be good. That's great.
0: I think it's great that they're doing it. Why not? They're just doing it. Good for them. It's not the same thing. It's not gonna feel the same like the same thing, but it's fine. Go if they can make money doing it and they feel good about doing it.
1: I'm not going there expecting okay. You know, print. You know, the hologram or something to walk out. It's well, just going to be that band playing a show, and that's fine. Right, revolution. I don't get things. some of the these revolution people who things. are like, oh, they're, they're vultures. They wouldn't have done this when he was alive. Oh, just if that's all you have to worry about in the world is, no you know, musicians playing music. You know, how worried must you be about actual problems in the world? I know. If this right. is your like biggest deal,
0: right? right. Go go visit Puerto Rico uh, for
1: a minute. Yeah.
0: By the way, my heart goes out to the people in Puerto Rico. What a mess. What a mess. 90% of the island still does not have power. 50% of the island does not have drinking water.
1: And Trump's played golf five out of the last 10 days or something I read. He's out of his mind. (laughs) What a surprise.
0: Out of his mind.
1: No, it's It's just just insane. Like the number of. Trump aside, the number of disasters that have hit America
0: oh, yeah. in Hurricanes. like recent
1: history. It's insane. Just hurricane after hurricane and then shootings and just – it just never ends.
0: Never ends. It's, I mean, it's 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 a disaster. Oh. And, you know, you feel for the folks with the earthquake in in Mexico, and then the three hurricanes. It was just it was amazing. It was amazing. It was it was crazy because when Hurricane Harvey hit, that was the first one that hit Texas. People thought that yeah. was that was bad, and you know, it just goes to show you how well the infrastructure of Texas was better than Louisiana because you compared Harvey was a stronger hurricane than Katrina. But then mm. you had the other ones and you have to take the threats credible. And, you know, I, if I can just go on a, yeah. on a tangent, because you, I know you watch. This is one thing I learned. The one thing I learned from your last episode was that you watch American shows a day late. So you watch. Oh, yeah.
1: Half a day, a day late. Right. Yeah.
0: Right and so you saw the, the the news coverage in this era of clickbait and you know what that means that clickbait is to me not journalism that is just written so that people will click on it it's not a true story it, it's not a, it's not true or false it's just not an actual journalistic thing sending these schmuck reporters into the <laughs> eye of a hurricane just so that you can tell people that it's raining to me is the worst form of television clickbait because what you really need to know is you need to know trajectory they need to show what the radar can prove you know the the velocity you know you can give me the facts you don't have to put these idiots in harm's way just so they can stand there and what they're trying to say is that in this era of the internet you're trying to give people a reason to watch and americans are just so dumb They'll watch that. So you put these <laughs> god awful souls in harm's way. And I have a neighbor who is a CBS reporter. I saw her as she's getting into like an Uber. And I said, where are you headed? And she says, I'm headed to the store. I'm going to Florida. I said, Oh my God. <laughs> and tired. She was excited. <laughs> I'm like This is what, this is great. This is what my career is about. I'm like, this is why I do sports. That is why I got into sports. I was studying to be a political reporter, and I just realized all the tragedies that you'd have to cover. And this was in a simpler time. This was in the 90s. But all the tragedies that you'd have to cover to make your break. And I always talk about the story of Dan Rather. Dan Rather, if for people who don't know, was the anchor of the CBS Evening News in America for two decades. He was a reporter When Walter Cronkite was the superstar reporter and he happened to have been in Dallas in 1963 when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. That was his big break. You want to be there? You want to you want to see that you want to see a guy get his brains blown in? That's that's your big break. Sorry, that's I how you I, get ahead. And I, I switched, and I switched that month, and I started focusing primarily on sports for that reason. I said, I, I'm not. Well, that's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the person that you feel compelled to watch. I want to be the person that you're entertained by watching or listening
1: to. You know, the funniest thing about those male and female that get out in this we- in these insane weather things, and that you know, putting themselves in harm's way. And at the same time, they're telling you, you would be insane if you were out right. in this weather. Don't come out. But don't, it's fine for me.
0: They're evacuating. We're live. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah.
1: That's pretty this bad. is the that... worst weather we've ever seen. Um, don't come out. Stay in your house. Except I'll stand out here with an umbrella. I'll be fine. It's great.
0: <laughs> stay in your house. We'll go outside. <laughs> you stay in your house.
1: Yeah. They don't need to be out there. And people have brought this up a lot in the last few years. It's like, why? Why do you even need to be out there? And it hasn't like decreased the amount of live crosses they do. It's no. still just the same.
0: They're always doing it. They're always sending these poor, oh. poor, I'll quote uh, Ursula from The the Little Mermaid, <laughs> those poor, unfortunate souls.
1: <laughs> so talking about horrible disasters, Harley yes. Weinstein.
0: <laughs> wow. What a crazy story. What an unfortunate story. God. I, I mean... It's, You haven't watched, nobody listening to your podcast has ever not seen a movie that this guy produced.
1: Yeah. You know, some of the biggest movies, he's won, you know, every award, every Oscar, everything that exists, he's probably won it. All the movies have won it.
0: I mean, the the number of assaults, without getting into uh, grand detail. The number of assaults rivals Cosby.
1: Even if you say an exact number, it's probably already gone up by the time.
0: Right. By the
1: time you finish the sentence, it's already increased.
0: You're right. And it, it rivals Cosby. And it is. It is. It's It's, it's, a, it's like 40,
1: 50. It's crazy.
0: I mean, the stories and, and you know, I don't I'm disseminating all the 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 stories like what is salacious gossip versus you know what actually happened. And then these these actresses are coming out. And they're all saying, well, it happened to me too, me too, me too. And then that became a hashtag. Yeah, I saw and, that. I mean, look, I, um, I would imagine it is amazingly cathartic for someone to write that story. But I was reading stories of friends of mine. I work in, this, in the media. I mean, friends of mine that were assaulted by players. And I mean, it, it's gone far beyond you know the, the entertainment idea. And I mean, since the 50s, we've heard of the casting couch.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you heard about yeah, that. Yeah, I thing. mean, this has been going on for a long time, and he's I mean, just the, the latest one who got caught.
0: So, So the two angles that I thought were at least interesting was the report that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon knew about this and didn't report it. And all yeah. I ask all I ask is, what would you have done when he's greenlighting your careers? What would you do? Yeah. What would you do? I mean, it's so easy to say,
1: well, he should you know they
0: should have they should have said something. It's easy to say that. How do you justify that?
1: This this is what I've got to say. This is my opinion, my take, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand these women were in the position where You know, he had the power. He could say yes or no to you're going to be in the movie or not. And if you didn't do what he wanted to do, then he'll just tell everyone in Hollywood, don't hire her. She's hopeless. I know the situation they were in. And I know the other angle that some people are getting in trouble is victim blaming by saying they were wearing this or whatever stupid thing they were saying. What I'm saying is not that. But if you don't listen carefully, you might think that's what I'm saying. So just listen. Right. The, we're guys. I haven't been in that situation. So I'm not going to claim this is what I do. But if you were a woman and you were in whichever way abused, assaulted, whatever happened by this guy, and you know your career might depend on it. I understand that part of it. I do. But if that happened to you, I can't understand how you could walk away that day, you know, you might tell a friend, you might tell a couple of close people, but how do you not come out with that knowing that that's going to happen to another woman tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that just to further your own career? Like, where is the, I don't know, where is the, like, sisterhood or whatever you want to call it? I think Do you know what I'm saying?
0: But it's a different time. And, you know, I don't know necessarily that I'm qualified to respond to that. I think that in all seriousness, it, it was an era where you couldn't just go on Twitter and start talking. It wasn't a time when there was this much fervor for getting angry. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, you don't yeah. want to be. It, it's yeah, just, this it's is a, this it's is the great a get time. angry times, right? It's a different world and it's a different time, and I I just think that your heart goes out to the people who were in those positions. You know, hundred percent that, that were in. You know, to to take advantage of power is grossly abusive, and the the fact of the matter is is that we don't know what it was really like, and you know we have this image of you know what. The, the entertainment industry was about i mean i read the article where jennifer lawrence i guess gave a speech and she was telling about a story about how she had to strip down and stand up against a, a wall with a bunch of actresses and you know wearing nothing but like little pasty or whatever and that's how they she got cast for some role I, I, that's absurd i mean that, that's that's cr- i couldn't imagine you know but i do a ton in the sports media about women who are covering sports because there have been many controversies. There have been many, and I've done so many podcasts about this. I, I don't know that it really fits this one, but I've heard stories. I mean, it has been in the last 20 years that women have really started to break certain barriers because, I mean, if you are on television and you're a woman and you mess up, they lambaste you. Oh, yeah. they crush you, and it's it's so it, it, it's impossible and i there's not a woman that in the sports industry that I talk to that doesn't say, Oh my God, my Twitter, you should see my notifications <laughs> it's amazing it it's it's amazing how much it's so, so it's bringing to light stuff that had never been talked about, and if some good comes from that, that's wonderful. I hope what this means is that the next nineteen year old girl that's trying to break into the entertainment industry gets her chance to have a voice because uh, my thoughts go out to all the people who were victimized and you know it, it it's a crime i do want to bring up just to go on a on a tangent the story of kevin smith kevin smith is a filmmaker made clerks made mallrats and you know a bunch of movies and now has become an expert podcaster and he's one of the people who inspired me to get involved in podcasts way before uh anyone else you know way before this was his commonplace way before i discovered peach and black i'll be honest and oh. way before i knew about spreecast you know what i mean like way 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 before.
1: before we started peach and black i didn't even know what a podcast was
0: well you know my ne- story with podcasts,
1: one, i still don't listen to them so
0: oh i that's all i listen to and <laughs> and the thing is um in 2005 I was doing a show for major league baseball and they were streaming our show and the show was getting really popular and they wanted to make the show available on demand. So they would literally record an MP3 of the the show, And then it would be available at MLB.com. That's what a podcast was. And then when iTunes came out, which was around the same time as Musicology for, for, for Prince Timeline Connection, when iTunes came out, MLB was one of the first people to post their shows on to iTunes. That's the first podcast. And I loved it. I thought it was the smartest thing in the world. The things about podcasts are fascinating because you do not compete against people for example if you're on the today show and you're you know you want to watch good morning america well it's one or the other but in podcasts you can watch things as they, as you want it's on demand yeah. and that's what that's to me the future of the spoken word and in in sports there's a lot of competition amongst networks, you know, Fox and ESPN and NBC. But if all of them put out podcasts, download them all. I don't care. Download <laughs> my competitors. I, I, that's fine. I'm going to be a, tonight on Fox Sports Radio. You can download that. Or if you want to be on NBC Sports Radio, go for that. I don't care. It's fine. You know, and that's where I think the media has changed and it's a fascinating time. And I, you know, so anyway, so Kevin Smith, we went off on a tangent. So Kevin <laughs> that
1: Smith. Is a, that is a tangent, yes.
0: Kevin Smith his entire cinematography uh, what what's that the, the the every movie he made Harvey Weinstein produced
1: filmography
0: filmography thank you every film he made harvey Weinstein produced in the in the first 10 years of his career now he's independent now he finances his own now he gets independent financers you know he does pie he makes movies out of podcasts i mean he's as independent as prince ever was kevin smith is an icon in that way But the first 10 years of his career were completely tied to Harvey Weinstein. And Kevin has a mantra, like he tries to inspire people whenever he goes out, because he goes out on these speaking engagements that he also turns into podcasts. And he says, all you need is a dream because you'll find your Harvey Weinstein.
1: Oh, man. And
0: he's, he's, I mean, he was torn up. I was listening to a show that he does, and he's torn up. So what he has decided is he is going to, from here going forward, he is donating the residuals from those movies to a women's actors fund. Ooh. Put your money where your mouth is, right?
1: And that'd be some, you know, that's not tiny money. That's some decent money there.
0: Clerks, Clerks is on cable. I mean, Clerks gets downloaded. I mean, Clerks
1: Clerks, gets... Clerks, rats. yep. uh,
0: Chasing Amy, Dogma, uh, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob Mm. movies. Like, those are all Miramax. That's all Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm and uh i just uh, it's amazing it is it, it is amazing and also don't forget kevin smith was the director who convinced harvey weinstein to take goodwill hunting you don't get uh-huh. matt damon and ben affleck without harvey weinstein
1: mm. well i could have lived without that
0: that's a great movie that's a great <laughs> movie. goodwill hunting and robin
1: good. robin williams
0: Yes, the late great Robin Williams.
1: Yep. I was looking at um, the news this morning and there was Harvey Weinstein and people were describing him with various words. And I just looked at him and I just thought, pig, as soon as I looked at him, it's just the first word that came to mind. But then I thought, no, pig is not right. You put some like tusks, he's a warthog. That's what he looks like. (laughs) Now, when you look at him, that's all you're going to see is a warthog with like, they've (laughs) removed the tusks somehow that's that's what his fat face looks like
0: he is uh he is getting <laughs> he is he is an unattractive he's, man he's getting right
1: he's all he's power. No george clooney yeah.
0: no he's no george clooney <laughs> that's funny
1: he's no he's no anything
0: what do you make of have you seen people on whether it's facebook or twitter have you seen people with the hashtag me too that, that have now all of a sudden come out of the woodwork and told these i've seen these the hashtag me followers? too yeah I, I, did I you mean, see
1: even um and don't forget this is not all women terry cruz
0: yeah i saw that i saw that
1: posted like 14 tweets in a row like all connected yeah. about what yeah. happened to him so it's yeah. not even just women this guy was you know he's got problems he's like uncontrollable mm-hmm. even guys i mean i don't think he's gay but he's got wandering he can't control where his hands go mm-hmm. maybe he's got like a brain like not joking maybe he's got like some brain disorder his hands just go wherever they want and he can't even control it who knows
0: it's crazy 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 stories i mean
1: awful but back to my point like i understand why they didn't say anything but you know like i said i've never been in that situation i don't know what i'd do but just looking at it from back here i don't know how you could walk away knowing that that's going to happen that could happen 10 minutes after you walked out of the door and the next girl comes in.
0: No, I I mean, I can understand if you, if you look, if you you just, you just have to imagine uh, your hope, your dream is to be a famous actor. And if you just do this degrading thing, you know, nobody knows about it. You know, you know, nobody, the the guy, the guy has more to to lose. So it's going to be a secret and I'll get the role of a lifetime and I'll, my career will be on my way. You know, people are obsessed with celebrity and people want to be celebrity. We but, live in a world where you make a porn video and you become Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian.
1: I get what you're saying, but I still just cannot my brain and cannot I, I comprehend can, how. But you don't that look at the happen. same
0: things. Like you don't look, you know, you don't look for the for the same things. I mean, you see some of these famous women. I mean, do you see the the thing where Carrie Fisher was assaulted mm. and she um yep. she brought a, a a cow's tongue yep. to 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 whoever did it to her?
1: Yep you know, the thing that I don't get is, okay, that happens to you. You walk out of that room and then you, your decision is, I'll just take this and just keep it quiet, you know, because my career is more important, you know, more important to me than possibly, you know, tens or 50 or hundreds of women getting exactly what just happened to me. That's, that's the thing that I d- don't get. Like, how bad do you want to be famous if you're willing to let unlimited numbers of your fellow women get the same thing done to them, what just happened to you, just so you can get what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's yeah. my point. You know? You're willing to just let that happen just so you can get that thing that you want. I don't want anything that bad. Nothing on earth that I can think of.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, and I say this with respect. I mean, you're not, you're you're not the person you don't live the same life as they do you know what i'm saying like you just sure. have to walk a minute in their shoes and i i just think it's a it's a different thing like
1: that's what i'm saying from we, my perspective sitting back right. here only looking right. from the right. outside with right. no idea of what it was like if you were in that situation but that's my opinion from back here is i don't understand how you could just let that happen to other people and just go on with your life knowing that that was happening. But the biggest thing is, is it seems to be now everyone keeps saying it was an open secret. Like hundreds of people, thousands of people knew about this, but everyone shut their mouth to keep their own career, which blows my mind, totally blows my mind.
0: The selfish world, man. It's a a really selfish world. And that's what you get. That,
1: That is like the biggest shocking thing to me. The fact that he did these things is not that shocking to me because that happens. Everyone knows that stuff happens all the time in many different places, different businesses, you know, industries. That's not the shocking part to me. The shocking part that is that so many people knew about it and just like, eh, I'll just keep my nice, happy position here and not say anything about it. That's the part that blows my mind.
0: I mean, and it's been plentiful, you know what I mean? Like it's been a lot of people, but now they're coming out of the woodwork and, you know, the whole idea of of these awful stories is you hope that change was affected. And I, I get the hopefully,
1: sense. Hopefully, this yeah I does something. That,
0: yeah, it's a different planet now. And, and, and maybe that, you know, for future generations, this kind of thing won't have to be what
1: they deal with. You know,
0: but I hope. Th-
1: the thing is, you know, you know that there's other guys like him who haven't been like outed yet. So are they going to watch this now and be like, man, I really have to change what I'm doing? Right. Or are they like Harvey and they're just uncontrollable and it's only, you know, weeks well, or months until they get busted as well. But I don't know. Because they just cannot help themselves.
0: I don't know if it's uncontrollable. I think it's more about it's not a question of uncontrollable. It's a question of ego and the ability to feel invincible. That's that's something that doesn't get overlooked. That's a thing. That's a real thing.
1: Oh yeah. Which brings you back to Trump and Billy Bush on the bus and what he said. Right. Yep. It's all about it's the power trip it's the ego. Well, it's ah, oh, it's insane. Well, These Trump, are the people that are like running things. It, oh,
0: Trump uh, and Trump decides, you know, at this time rather than, you know, go to Puerto Rico and rather than Demean Weinstein because I'm sure Weinstein contributed to his campaign.
1: Oh, uh, he I think I saw he
0: He was a Hillary?
1: Was, he donated to Hillary, yeah.
0: Oh. Can I tell you a quick Hillary story? But then story? again,
1: Trump was a Democrat ages ago anyway, so who knows?
0: Right. Can I tell you a quick Hillary Before story? he
1: just changed his mind? Go.
0: Hillary is rumored to be teaching. She's going to become a professor at Columbia University in America. Uh. And uh, my two friends create the Columbia University sports podcast. And they are both professors at Columbia University, and they created like a sports business podcast, Right. And so I, I got them hooked up, you know, kind of the same company that I got you introduced to. And I, they created a podcast. They have to get Hillary on, right? Like, yeah. they come How on. How could they not? You have to get Hillary on. I don't care what you talk about with her. Just get her on. I would download that in a heartbeat.
1: I think she, that's probably a good, you know, future, you know, option for her to take because I don't think she can come back.
0: No, no, she's probably
1: there's just that much baggage too, yeah, and that no. much, you know, distrust. Some of it warranted, most of it not. I think. But I just think there needs think to be a younger. Much,
0: yeah. I just think it needs to be younger. I mean, I'm not, you know, ageist, but I don't like that he's seventy, and I don't like that, you know, she was pushing seventy, and I just want younger people, and you know. The, the statement that I made when the election happened, and I said it on a lot of shows, is God, I'd love somebody to step up <laughs> and just inspire America because, God, they could use some inspiration.
1: Is it 35, the minimum age? Or yeah,
0: 30, 35. 35. 35. Yeah. See, when
1: was the last time anyone near that age even
0: ran? Well, Obama was in 44. What? No, he was 44, but. He was in his 40s or 50s. He was relatively young. Jimmy Carter was relatively young. I'm trying to think who else. Kennedy was really young. Not 35, yeah, I was, but... I
1: was just thinking, yeah, JFK was... JFK, he looked young. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, he was. He was, and I think there's a youthful enthusiasm, you know? There's there's part of that. Do you watch uh, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey? Oh, you'd love it. Oh, you'd love it. <laughs> it makes, it makes Trump, it, it House, trumps of Trump. Cards, oh, House of Cards House of Cards
1: was a show that I think people said the first season was great and then no, so no, much after I think that it's or is the mean, other it, way around
0: it's, it's way the, the blank out there but it's uh, it's uh, I don't know why I just said that you can curse on this podcast I don't know
1: you can um, say whatever you want
0: you can say or not say whatever you want the
1: yeah, that's the thing when you know you can swear you usually you don't, don't want
0: to you don't want to but when
1: people are like hey you can't say this you're like that's all you want to do
0: i uh i hosted <laughs> once I hosted a sports show on a Howard Stern serious channel Yeah, and I didn't realize you could curse and I did you know I just wasn't used to it and uh, a guy and I remember the call I took a call and a guy says uh, I want to ask you about the they were the, they are now the Tampa Bay Rays but they used to be the Tampa Bay Devil Rays that's a baseball team mm. the guy says uh, what do you think about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and I said well I think they're a team on the rise and can do some things they went up winning the world series a couple of years later or making it to the world series a couple of years later and we talked about it. And the next caller just you know hey johnny in the car you're, you know you're on the show yeah. and all of a sudden the guy calls up and goes why the fuck are we talking about the fucking devil race <laughs> I went, What? And the producer looks at me and goes, Hey man, we're on Howard's channel. You can do that. And I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> that was so weird. It was so strange. So really Wait. odd.
1: <laughs> well yeah. You have that realization and then man, the rest of the show you just couldn't stop. I
0: couldn't say, right? <laughs> I was just like, Oh my god, it's like a sieve. <laughs> such a, it's such a strange, such a strange, strange thing cursing on the on the air. But anyway. So Isn't um, that's funny that was yeah.
1: even um Prince was like that. He started off when it wasn't acceptable to be swearing. So that was the thing that he did. And then later on, when everyone was like expecting him to do it, he didn't do it. Right. And then... And then later on, it was like, oh, you know, there's kids in the audience. So I want kids to come. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And it's interesting to just watch the whole progression, like through someone's life of how that works.
0: But I think that also, you know, part of that was, at least I see this from my perspective, you and I are similar in age, right? I think I'm a little older than you. And you can see the natural progression of his career and how I grew up with it. You know what (sighs) I mean? Like when he was rebellious and he was doing Darling Nikki i was i was a kid and i was you know learning all of those things and then when I, as i was getting into young adulthood he was doing sexy mf and get off mm-hmm. you know and then as it got you know longer and longer i mean and then you know 94 you know the gold experience uh years mm-hmm. know, with all those love all those live shows and the fantastic music and you know all, all those different things but you know, you started to, he was no less salacious. It was just very stylized and, you know, it didn't change, you know, as you got older. And then eventually I kind of grew up. And I remember right, right around one night alone, you know, I look, I didn't connect to rainbow children for the reason a lot of people didn't, you know, and I have respect for rainbow children, but I, I had trouble with the religious part of it. But when he started doing one night alone, the concerts, one night alone, and then, you know, the album one night alone. And I was just like blown away. And I started to transition to adulthood.
1: You started wearing fancy high collared shirts and fancy suits and everything.
0: (laughs) Right. You stopped wearing the, you know, the assless chaps and you, you just start to, you start to grow. And, you know, as he became this older guy, I, I just found it fascinating and then to, you know, see the connection to meet you guys and learn about your show and to do the shows with Funkenberry and to do all all those things. He was a veteran at that point. You know, he had done yeah. all those things. And I always thought the funny part about, you know, that whole run was always about, you know, it was a different time in your life. You know, I, I don't know. I thought that was really strange. And I remember the whole name change. That was a that was a big thing that I totally got. Yeah. Everyone had so many issues with that, and I just understood it. I don't know why I did, but it just made perfect freaking sense to me. It
1: made sense to me, but then I also realized, on the other hand, it made zero legal sense
0: right uh, it like it i would... get
1: he changed his name from prince to the symbol to supposedly escape all these contracts because they owned him but legally that is just totally useless
0: that's right. that wouldn't happen meaningless right. right
1: but you know as a you know taking a stand like this is what i'm gonna do okay that's i understand that's what he wanted to do but legally it meant nothing really Agreed. he was still who he was agreed but yeah at the time i'm like yeah do it yeah and then later on i'm like it's not gonna work is it
0: But I just remember, I just remember, like, I remember the line, if you're always with me, you never have to call me. Mm. And I think about it. How many times do you call the person, your significant other, your husband, wife, or or child? Like, how often do you say their names? I always thought that I (laughs) I totally I would be like, you don't say hello, Johnny. You know what I mean? Like, you don't say that. You go, "Hey, what's going on?" Like, especially when it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You know, she would say, "My ex girlfriend." I remember she would call. She would just go, "Hello," and I would knew it was her in a heartbeat. Yeah. We never declared.
1: Yeah, you know, I I really don't like people calling <laughs> me by my real name. I don't like it at all. I never have. I don't know why.
0: Your only answer to Captain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine?
1: I don't know why. I just don't like. I don't like it. And if, oh. when someone says it, I just like cringe. It's like, what? Why are you saying that? Right. And no one really does it because most people know that I don't like it.
0: Right. 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 It's yep.
1: just weird. That's just me. I'm just weird. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. One uh, epilogue to that story. I remember uh, I saw Prince at the Palladium in
1: 94.
0: 94. 94. July thirteenth, fourteenth. The only Prince what a song.
1: What do you use that these he, things, I remember?
0: That he, that he did. The only Prince song that he did was Peach. Yep. And I remember going with a couple of people, and they were so annoyed. And I was <laughs> like, this was great. He did Now. He did Race. Like, he, yeah. he did Days of Wild. Like, it was a great performance. And they were so annoyed that he didn't do, you know. Like, he didn't play let's,
1: Raspberry, let's be, raspberry oh, Beret. You shut up, you crazy. idiots. Yep, yep. The same thing happened in 95 when he did the Gold Experience Tour in Europe the number of people who complained and were like demanding refunds because he didn't play songs that they wanted him to play. Right. You know, in my mind, that was one of his best tours he's ever done.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of it because
1: of that attitude. It's like, fuck you. Yep. I want to play these songs. If you don't like it, too bad.
0: And then, you know, I, I like reading all great. the stories and all the books that are being written. Like, I love, there's a book called The Gold Experience about a guy. He was a reporter in Minneapolis. Oh, during you told the me yeah, about this. Yeah. I told you about this book. And it's, it's a collection
1: I, of all the articles he wrote. It's just about. a
0: collection of articles. And it's awesome. I mean, just, it's just great to cover him at that time. And he did a couple like half a dozen interviews with him at that moment and i mean he was in the heat of the warner brothers stuff and uh, it's just it's a time period that is just overlooked by so much and it's such a fun just such a fun um set of music like it's just great i mean gold experience is great i love chaos and disorder i don't care what anybody says
1: that's a good it's great album except for maybe two tracks it's a great album
0: But my life, that was when that that album came out. I had just graduated from college and was moving across the country, sight unseen to Denver, Colorado by myself. Mm. And I had just I had asked a girl to go with me. And for like six weeks, she said yes. And then she got a job before. (laughs) No, no. And she got this amazing job in New York City and she couldn't go. And we, you know, we split up and my life was chaos and disorder. Mm. And I was trying to be a reporter. Like it was at that moment I was trying to start a career as a reporter. I was the no-name reporter. Like, and that song just <laughs> spoke to me, and that music just hit. Like it was that whatever it was that was, and it was not on the radio. It was nobody heard it, but I wore those cassettes out. Yeah. I, I crushed those cassettes.
1: You know the funny thing about all these people who went to shows and were complaining that you know oh he didn't play he didn't play Purple Rain he didn't play Kiss. It's like, I just think, who are these people? Because anybody I know, you went to a Prince concert and you were just wishing for like some songs you'd never heard. Right. Because you've heard Kiss, you've heard Purple Rain, right. you've heard Raspberry Bray. I don't need to hear that 20 more times. Yeah, Play something new. But then no. you've got these people who only know those three songs. So of course they're angry when he doesn't play the only song that they know. Um, it's like, oh, it's you ridiculous, know, ridiculous, people.
0: Since uh, he died that song kiss rubs me the wrong way. Like it's just to me, the world can have kiss. If I never hear kiss again, I'm fine with it. <laughs> like I just, I it just, I don't know. Songs rubs me the wrong way until, and I want to give a shout out to uh, the Prince podcast. That guy, Michael, uh, Michael Dean, who does the, that show has gotten so leaps and bounds better. It is great. And he gets fantastic guests. Fant- you can't
1: say that on this show. Here you can. Yeah, I don't care.
0: <laughs> he, um, Uh, He interviewed, I'll tell you two, two interviews. Anyway, he interviewed Brown Mark and Brown Mark tells this story about how he co-wrote kiss and he tells this great story. And it just like, it's, it's a really fascinating story. Prince stole kiss. I mean, Brown Mark and, and let it, and they went out to dinner and when they got back like 4 hours later you know prince had laid down all the vocals on it and decided to claim it for his own and brown mark left the revolution because he didn't get co-writing credits on that mm. and it's just a cool story it's a cool story the other uh, the other great guest that he had on that i i recommend <laughs> you would he would have been classic doing this interview the woman and i want to get her name correct the woman who inspired the song little red corvette um uh, Ling. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. And she was the inspiration for Little Red Corvette. And she tells a story about how she knew Andre Simone and, and, uh, and all these guys and and how she met him. And, you know, they had the thing. And then all of a sudden she, in the middle of the conversation, she, she shouts out in the podcast. She goes, no, that's not a compliment to be the theme of that song. (laughs) And some of them used. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, she, she was great. What a what a fascinating conversation because it's it's that kind of thing that never gets documented, you know what I mean? Yeah., oh, oh, really cool, really uh, really neat, neat story. That was a really cool prince story i mean all the podcasts funkenberry's podcasts have been great all the podcasts chris johnson has a podcast uh he was a yep. guy that used to come on the spreecast all the time and uh, uh he's he's doing a great job And his podcast is great i mean there's there's great episodes you know and obviously the class of of all of them
1: is is peach and black uh uh-huh. but you know like jay and michael dean they seem to mostly doing interviews now because i guess people are more willing to talk now than they were. Well, well, Michael, over a year and a half ago. Yeah.
0: The, 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 the Michael Dean one, they get uh, amazing interviews. They've gotten a lot of interviews with people that you never would have thought. And he's interviewed fan club people and, and just really smart, different angles, like just different, unique takes that I was really impressed with. Um, Doc is, um, it's, it's more of the like current events. Mm. You know what I mean? It's more. It's, yeah.
1: He's always doing like the latest news and stuff. like that. But, news. Yeah, he's, done, he's done some good interviews too.
0: He's mm. done great interviews. His, his, uh, his Dave Hampton interview is great. The Scotty Baldwin is, is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Everyone mm. tells me that I should listen to that one.
0: You, you, it's just Scotty. great stories. It's, it's fun. Well, when it's, you've
1: got, when you've got those two guys doing all these interviews, it just makes me think then why should we do interviews? They've just done, they've just asked them all the questions. Well, I, what's, what's it, that again what I mean? from us just doing a, yet another interview. I just don't see the point really. well I,
0: I but I like to me you guys are it's about you guys talking to each other. Michael has his crew that that and they recently had a, a death amongst their Yeah, the, I saw that. i My thoughts go out to them. That that that, that was horrible. I, and they did a podcast about it, which I thought was great. What a great tribute to them. Mm. You know, but those shows like it's it's morphed into interviews and uh, and Doc's show has become an interview show kind of, too. And all I know is I, I, I check them out and it's I'm not anxious for Prince News, but I, I think I find the discussions enlightening. You know what I mean? Like I it's, I, I don't I don't quest all of these in, these things like I, I'm not interested in those things, but I just I'm interested in uh, I, I listening to them. Speaking of podcasts, can I give a shout out to my own? <laughs> so Hugh Hefner died yeah I mean talk about an icon (laughs) Guy created Playboy magazine and there is a girl who works at NBC Sports Radio where I work and she was Miss March 2001 and I knew that and I had heard that and I'm not gonna lie I googled her like as soon as I found that (laughs) out but I you know it's not the kind of thing where like I don't have that relationship with her you know what I mean where I start saying so uh the the mansion huh like how's that going (laughs) yeah I didn't, I I just, we never had that conversation, but Hugh Hefner dies on a, on a Wednesday. And on that Thursday, I was supposed to do a project for NBC that she was the producer on. So she emailed me and said, call me when you wake up, let's plan it out. And I went, wait a minute. (laughs) I was like, um, Hugh Hefner died. She's like, I know I'm so sad. And I said, you have to do my podcast. Like this would be amazing. And I interviewed a playboy playmate for 45 minutes she tells incredible playboy stories <laughs> like so anyway so you know i have these two podcasts that are one's a sports one's called sports with friends And the other one's like a superhero comic book one called Hall of Justice. And I thought, wouldn't the audiences of both like Playboy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's both your target market right there.
0: (laughs) Right. So we took the audio and I put it on both feeds. I did a Hall of Justice episode, which is the same as the Sports with Friends episode. And I interviewed Miriam Gonzalez, Playboy Playmate, which I thought was really freaking awesome. Then the most recent episode of Sports with Friends, I interviewed the former head of the National Basketball Association's Players Association. The reason why I interviewed him is because he was overtly qualified to comment on the kneeling at football games. Oh, yeah. I know you addressed that on your last episode, so I don't want to make a whole to-do about it, but what I was trying to do when I when I hear see stories like that, you know, as a white Jewish guy, I don't know that I'm overtly qualified to comment on the plight of the black man. I, you know what I mean? That's, a, that's not my thing. And I think it's important as a broadcaster to know where your, you know, to steal line from Prince, like where your bread is buttered. You know what I mean? Like that's not my strength and that's not yeah. who I am. And so, even if
1: you did come out, saying something, they'd be like, Well, who are you to talk right. about
0: that? Right. Why am I why am I qualified for it or not, you know? So anyway, I had Charles Grantham on the show and you know it's a very interesting thing because while the kneeling for the anthem may have been considered admirable because their cause was just meaning police brutality is getting a bit absurd. Um, social injustice is at a low, and to say that there needs to be something done about it is an understatement. However, I don't think they chose the right method. And my point is, I think they undersold the power of the media. You know, you mentioned it and this is what I was like. I was screaming through my radio when I was listening to the other podcast. Your your other show is because, you know, Colin Kaepernick, who started this whole thing, he's a quarterback of, you know, then of the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, this guy, uh, I thought, disrespected the power of the media. If he wanted to talk about social injustice, there are two all sports radio stations in San Francisco. There's a today show that's in a bitter ratings war with Good Morning America where the producers would mud wrestle for the chance to get him (laughs) to come in studio and get your voice heard. And instead, he just chose to do something that while it may not offend me because I'm not uh, I'm not in the military, I'm not offended by any of these guys that decide to kneel. But someone is, someone's offended. You know, there's yeah, a concert. But
1: there's yeah. always someone offended. Don't yeah, forget but,
0: that. But if you're, if, but if if someone, why, in order to get your message across, does someone have to get hurt in the crossfire? That's my argument. And you know, it's the same yeah, you argument.
1: Can't, you, you can't control that. But sure you
0: can. Sure
1: you can. No, because it doesn't matter do it. what it doesn't matter what he did, where he did it. There's always going to be a few people. They're going to be like, this is unacceptable. It doesn't matter. There's always angry people who were just ready. They're just sitting there waiting to be offended. So they can scream about
0: it. No, but I'm serious. I, I, I disagree. I think in this circumstance, there were people who served in the military that were insulted that they wouldn't stand for the national anthem. And for that, I have to respect their position. And to me, the thing I would say to any of these players is, why does someone have to be offended? You're not offended. I'm not offended. Someone is. And I'll draw a parallel for you. There's a a, a franchise in the NFL called the Washington Redskins. I don't know if you've heard this story. The Washington Redskins. Well, the term Redskin refers to Native American. Yeah. And I'm not a Native American. I don't pretend to be one. But the word redskin is a similar term as the N-word. Is it? That's what, I, that's what Native Americans have said. That the equivalent of, of the N-word, which, by the way, is on every rap song uh, on, under <laughs> God. But the fact of the matter is, is if, if I can't say uh, on a podcast where I'm allowed to say whatever I want, I can't say the N-word because I don't want to offend anyone. How do you justify having a team called the Washington Redskins? And he's and they're right, because I'm not offended, you're not offended, somebody is. And for that, they should change their name. To promote that brand, why does someone have to be offended?
1: My argument to that is, are a big number of Native Americans actually offended by that? Or is it other people being offended on their behalf and making a big thing about it? Which is what happens in a lot of cases. So something happens. The people that it might be aimed at, they're like, eh, maybe it's not great, but you know, fine. But then this other group, usually just white people, they're like, oh, this is so offensive. These these other people must be so offended by this when actually, yeah, they're not. They don't really care. Well,
0: that's. I mean, that's debatable. That that that's fair. That's a it's a fair argument, but that's debatable. My whole point is, why do these these guys have to have to offend somebody and? I mean, in the interview with that guy, Charles Grantham, he explains, he basically predicted what was going to happen. And I'm fascinated by it because he said it about 10 days ago on the podcast. And uh, he said that what's going to happen is the owners are going to call the players into a room, which is all the players wanted. Mm. Players just wanted to be heard. And this week there's an owners meeting and players were invited. And voila. (laughs) <laughs> it was a prophetic. And like like I said, I'm not plugging a podcast just because, you know, I want all of your listeners to download my crap. I just think that there's some <laughs> there's some social justice being done on these shows. You know what I mean? And if not, we talk about naked women on the on the Playboy podcast.
1: <laughs> but see that the kneeling thing. I can see the connection how kneeling during the anthem, you know, because that's the national anthem, that's the symbol of America, the song, then that gets connected to the country as a whole. And then that gets connected to the military. But it's to me, it's a pretty like tenuous link, like that chain from kneeling no, during the anthem you to representing war, America but, and representing but, but the country Sean, and if- military.
0: If, the, if you served in a war, you'd have a different perspective. It's the same thing like Harvey Weinstein. I, you're, not, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, and I respect your friendship, and I respect your perspective. But you didn't serve in a war, so you don't have that perspective. There are people who put their lives on the line to protect freedom that find these people to be offensive and they are not, you know, just trying to get their names on social media. Like there are genuine soldiers that are in hospitals, you know, because they're the, you know, the wounded in action or whatever it is. And those people are outraged. And all I'm saying is I respect their position.
1: Here's a question for you. Everyone who did the kneeling, they were all black. Is that correct?
0: Uh, most. yes. Yeah.
1: Most. So All these military people who were offended, can I just guess that they're mostly white? Is that a fair statement?
0: Uh, It's not a complete statement, but it's a fair one.
1: Because I'm sure the majority would be, not a minority. That's my guess.
0: But I go back to the initial question. Why does some action, in order to get your message across, why does someone have to be offended in the process?
1: As always, I'm the, what is it? Devil's Advocate? You cannot always predict what's going to happen. He might have just thought, I'm going to do this because of this reason. He might not have even thought. He might not have even made the connection from the anthem to the flag to the country to the military. He might not have even thought, you know, how could you even predict how far that would go, you know? He just thought, I'm going to do this message. That's what I'm doing.
0: If he accompanied it with an appearance on the Today Show, I'd have a lot more approval. Plus, he did one thing that offended me. I think it was week seven of uh, the NFL season last year. He showed up in his post-game press conference wearing a pro Fidel Castro shirt. (laughs) Okay. And as a father, and, I've and got a, no comeback a, for that one. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, my dad was born in a in Cuba. Yeah. And my father is born in Havana. Like
1: he was like, who's
0: this jackass? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a guy that's going to try to spread a spread a message.
1: Yeah, that was an uh, interesting move. Then
0: the whole thing is just maybe
1: a, he is just a uh, like uh, media whore. Maybe he just keeps doing things to try and get.
0: He's an agitator. Talked about. Yeah. Well. He's put a, his money where his mouth is. He's raised a lot of money for uh, police, um, police outfits, and uh, he's done a he's done a lot. But uh, I'm not a fan of the kneeling, and I respect their rights to do it. That's another thing about social media. Everyone's like, it's within his right to do it. No kidding. I'm not saying throw him in jail. <laughs> I just don't have to like it. Yeah. All right. On that note,
1: <laughs> let's end the show. Who's this jackass?
0: <laughs> Who's this jackass? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we started off with, hurricanes. we went from Weinstein and Hurricanes to, to yep. this jackass. Okay, to this j- it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Another show. Another show completed. It exists.
0: Yep. Hopefully you'll ask me back. Oh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: So there we go. That was it. Another show. The end. Goodbye. Thank you. Come back for episode 19. I'm pretty sure it will happen. And now for some theme music. I can say that the same every time. You think I would just use the recording? But no, I say it every single time. Here is some theme music. It's great. Good stuff. One, two, three, four.